to Close Encounters of the Blurred Kind. I'm Ren. I'm Weaver. I'm Parker. And we are your guides through this place for um, the place for all things black and nerdy. This is Close Encounters of the Blurred Kind. Woo! This is our first episode. So we are um, like still Woo. figuring it out. This is the first. I mean, we've all, or at least I know that I and Weaver, have you done podcasts before, Parker? Uh, I've been uh, planning a fictional Harley Quinn fanfic podcast for about two years now, and <laughs> so I've Incredible. got a small experience with that, but nothing uh, published Well, you've yet. got a very professional <laughs> microphone set up. Like, you, you look like the most legit of all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I would hope so. I spent, like, so much money on this, like, triple digits for this microphone, I Ooh. swear to God. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Weaver, your face right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, anyway. I got mine for free. I have a lot of RT friends, and I just post on Facebook, hey, does anybody have a microphone? And uh, my friend Lucas was like, yeah, here you go. Nice. <laughs> mine is, like, you know, fancy. I think it was $100, but it was, like, it's, like, for, like, streaming. It has, it changes colors. It's pretty. But anyway, um, yeah. so um, right. we've done, we've all done individual sort of podcasts, but not so much together. So this is sort of a learning process, and we're inviting you to come along with us. And I believe today, are we going to start out with the um, House of the Dragon and such which conversation? Yeah. Okay. So uh, our format uh, that we have been playing around with is the first half we'll uh, we'll talk about like a group topic and then uh, in the back nine we'll each take turns talking about like a specific type of focus. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, House of the Dragon is it premiered uh, last month, I suppose, or uh, technically at the very end of, of August actually, and it is a continuation technically a prequel of um game of thrones the series which took the world by storm in like 2011 and was like the most watched show like ever and was a cultural phenomenon up until the last season in 2019 that sucked ass and then everybody kind of decided that to never talk about it again so when i first heard that they were doing this show i was like Mm, okay i don't know i have a little bit of suspicions that how about how this is going to go because i'm i was so pissed at how game of thrones ended um yeah but i just like oh, okay i'll give it a chance i'm like well maybe if it's bad it'll at least be fun to make fun of um and so i went into it kind of thinking like okay well it'll be bad but we can just make fun of it and it actually like my fiance and i went in and watched it and it was actually pretty good like the writing is pretty solid so far i would say have y'all been watching it are the costumes costumes i, love I only care about the costumes <laughs> <laughs> well how do you how do you rate those costumes how do you judge those costumes oh yeah I haven't seen House of the Dragon yet, uh, but I did watch all of Game of Thrones, and I and a lot of like people in the costuming community are of the opinion that Game of Thrones had some of the best costuming like in the history of television, um, because uh, they they really built like a whole language of costumes, right? They they were internally cohesive, and it felt like a real world. You could tell if someone was from the North, just by what kind of collar they had, what, mm -hmm. like, colors they were wearing, what materials, you know, people from King's Landing wore a lot of, like, flowy, loose silks. Like, each individual culture had their own distinct look, mm -hmm. um, and colors and textures and fabrics. Um, it was phenomenal. And, like, there are a lot of other sort of fantasy shows that I honestly just did not enjoy and stopped watching solely because I didn't find the costumes up to par. Like, um, The Witcher. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched, like, three episodes of The Witcher, and I just couldn't get into it because the costumes were nonsensical. That's what um, I heard. There was no... 
yeah, there was no sense of internal cohesion. You couldn't tell which like time period, like there, there was this like banquet and you couldn't tell who was like the home kingdom and who were the foreigners because everybody's clothes came from like different historical time periods and they just looked vastly different from each other. And they, you couldn't uh-huh. like, there was nothing to sort of like grasp onto. Yeah. One thing about this show that I think is uh, interesting is like, I am um, like, we all three have kind of have a different like focus. Like I'm the one who's just like really into like literary theming and stuff like that. Weaver is all about textiles. Anything you want to yeah. know about textiles. Just <laughs> I, I watched Wheel of Time. No joke. Because the opening sequence has a loom in it. There's like the whole loom <laughs> of the universe and they like weave a tapestry and that's the opening sequence. That's the reason I watched The Wheel of Time. That's fine. <laughs> hey. I, that's like, fine. I like textiles. <laughs> that's and my and name. Parker, you, I think you're very much into like comic books and stuff like that, right? Like comic lore. <laughs> I, I'm super, super into comic lore. Um, generally, uh, I was, It's it's been like, for me special interest like especially growing up it was like 70 percent uh like uh dark fantasy and like fantasy fiction because that was something like everybody in my family like when we go grocery shopping for context you can tell who is who belongs to what family because we all look like the adams family like in like a <laughs> shop right um like i am not the only one of my kind in terms of aesthetic uh and so i my love your aesthetic also- everything about it <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thanks. 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 I love your aesthetic. Um, but I, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, the, um, uh, so I, I grew up watching a lot of like dark fantasy, Gothic romance. Um, and also like, you know, we lived in the city. So every like other, uh, block, there was a vendor selling like comics for a dollar. And so that's how I got into like Marvel and stuff. But when it comes to non-comic related stuff, I'm very, very into, uh, relationship dynamics and like character analysis like that's that like butters my bread so to speak <laughs> i just want you to appreciate this this is um one of i have these copies of the uh, harley and ivy meet betty and veronica oh, it's like a four-part my. series uh and like i was the one who grew up on archie comics like i read so many archie comics when i was a kid this is a crossover uh-huh. event it's a four uh comic series where harley quinn and uh poison ivy meet betty and veronica it's great <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh my god. I'll need to get a copy. (laughs) It's so Um, funny because like it ends up being the one of the central conflicts is that Poison Ivy kidnaps Veronica Lodge's dad because he's like a rich businessman and he's like destroying the environment. It's a whole thing. Valid. (laughs) But anyway, back to Game of Thrones. So we were talking about which (laughs) Yeah, so I I am not opposed to watching House of the Dragon like conceptually. But HBO Warner Brothers has been on some bullshit oh, lately. Oh, they absolutely I, have been. I yes, I canceled 100%. my HBO subscription after they uh-huh. after they trashed Batgirl, and now they like yeah. keep throwing away like more animated mm-hmm. series. Like they, they got, got rid, rid of, of Infinity Train, Train, which is the best fucking cartoon yeah. literally that I've Infinity ever seen. Infinity Train is insane. It's, it's so, so good. fucking it's so good. good. Yeah. Like, my fiance I just watched it a couple months ago. I literally like, tell and, everybody I meet like you have to watch Infinity Train. You have to watch Infinity Train. <laughs> I literally finished it just in the nick of time. If I would have procrastinated like another month or two, it would have been gone. And so I canceled my HBO Max subscription after that. And I don't want to give them any more money because like I... I want that business to fail. Speaking of pirates, actually, so like that's the best way to start a sentence. Like that's how I watched the pirates, entire actually. Of if the feds are listening, yeah. okay, if the fair. feds are listening, if, no, I didn't. 
If you can find me, if you can find me a link, then I'll watch it. But otherwise, I don't want them to have my money. The so like speaking of pirates, like that's a, a pretty good point. Like I, my initial reaction when I saw the HBO nonsense, which is what it is, mm-hmm. um, I sound like an old man who's very upset. It's like ah, it's it's downright nonsense. But like it it presents like this weird sort of dilemma where it's like I don't initial like my initial knee jerk reaction is I no longer want to give you money because you're getting rid of all of these amazing things. But then they still have a few choice shows, especially like Our Flag Means Death, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, it presents this thing of, like, I, 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 I don't know if I should, like, be with, like, I want to withhold this thing, but also these shows that might not have gotten, uh, you know, greenlit at other places that are now greenlit yeah. for, like, more seasons and more content, I don't know well, yeah, but how I, to I think HBO, that. like, got a new CEO or whatever after, like, Our Flagman's Death got greenlit, and so this new okay. guy is, like, I want to appease middle America and I want to get rid of anything woke. Uh, And so like he was not in charge when our flag means death got made. Um, And yeah, it's just bonkers. Like their business model, their business model is, is like the point of having a streaming service. The point, like the, the point is that you have content and people watch it. And their whole yeah. thing is like, let's get rid of con- not even sell it, yeah. just throw it in the garbage just for yeah. tax breaks. Like there, it is a very short sighted. Like my my dream, what I want to happen. Well, first off, what I want to happen is for more like robust antitrust laws, uh, yes. break up like every oh, monopoly yes. in the entertainment industry. But specifically, like I want HBO <laughs> to tank so hard that they have to like sell it to someone else or they fire that guy and bring in someone already else talking about the... selling to someone else they're talking about selling it to universal or merging universal in with it i literally heard oh. that like my my Ugh. fiance was telling me about that the other day i'm like first of oh, all God. it is absurd how the antitrust laws have like just evaporated to the point that like just three evaporated. companies own all media <laughs> like did you hear about the um and yep. so my friend rebecca who i was telling you about earlier is um a librarian and she was talking about how um there's a huge literary uh merger right now with penguin random house which is already a merger mm-hmm. they're also merging with yeah. schuster simon and schuster so they're basically going to own the entire book market <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> they're actually being sued by the I... justice department for because for the buyout because they're they're saying this is breaking an antitrust law and it's like it's insane because if, if penguin random house successfully acquires simon and schuster that's like a 80 percent market share of like all books that are published anywhere <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's insane. Yeah, I, um, I hate that. Um, but <laughs> back to House of the Dragon. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Currently, I feel like I've, I've heard that they went right back on the same bullshit of like, oh, let's inflict sexual trauma onto female characters um did they i would i also and now we're only we're only six episodes in right now so i can't speak for the rest of the season um but from what i've seen that i have not seen that happen yet um the only real 
violence. Like, I wouldn't even describe it necessarily as violence. I heard there, there was a, a forced C-section. Yes, okay. So that, yeah, yeah just, and like, I wouldn't cut necessarily her stomach call open. sexual violence, but yeah, that it, so yeah, basically it's sort of recontextualized. Invasive, definitely. And I would say that actually yeah. it's interesting because you can tell that there are more female writers on the team than there were for the original show because 100%. the way that they contextualize women is markedly different like they have a very realistic approach to childbirth um like they um in the most recent episode one of the main characters gives birth and they show the afterbirth they show the cutting the umbilical cord they show her like struggling to like walk afterward they show her still bloated after she gives birth like things that the predominantly male writing team of the original show never would have done they would have had her doing kick flips like two seconds after giving birth so i would say that like so far because i have definitely been keeping an eye out for that and and again we're only six episodes in, so I'm not going to make any definitive statements because watch them make a fool of me uh, this Sunday. But like so far, I would say that it hasn't been like there hasn't been a lot of rape scenes or anything like that. Um, but definitely yeah. the most like traumatizing thing was the C-section, which was pushed upon his wife. Um, and it was basically and even that was sort of contextualized in terms of like his wife has this whole conversation pr- prior. We're basically told in this world women are expected to make babies and not much else. And so your role in this realm is to be a baby machine, which is why it's such a conflict that this woman wants to be queen. So it's like when you've got these peak characters, so the whole idea is that the mother in the first episode sees herself, has resigned herself to this is, this is my role. This is my battlefield. She says my battlefield is the birthing ground or whatever, Mm -hmm. the birthing bed. And she dies in battle and they actually intercut her violent C-section with a um, with a joust that's happening on the um, the uh-huh. field. So it's kind of like the violence of war, the violence of childbirth. It's like a sort of juxtaposition, um, which you know people will have different feelings on. But I, yeah. it definitely was more contextualized than just let's be violent yeah. against women just for the fuck of it. <laughs> Do you know the the I... whole like Watsonian versus Doyleist perspectives? Mm, refresh me. So Watsonian, it's in terms of like John Watson from Sherlock. Yeah. So Watsonian analysis is like within the universe of the story, whereas Doyleist is from the perspective of the author. So like the Watsonian analysis, the Watsonian analysis is things had to happen that way because that's what makes sense in the universe. But the Doyleist analysis is things make that's what makes sense in the universe because the writers chose to make it that way Mm -hmm. the writers like could have chosen to tell the story a different way i just i i just still have a lot of bad blood from game of thrones but i'm i'm willing to give this one a shot Mm -hmm. i just how is matt smith that's my main he's amazing he's he's i'm a super hulak girly through and through in fact today Yes. I was compiling a bunch of, like, scenes from shows that were, like, meaningful to me, and, like, half of them were from the 11th Doctor. I, yeah, he's so he was He's it. my favorite Doctor. He's still my favorite Doctor. Matt Smith is amazing. I actually, I've only, for context, I've only seen one episode of Game of Thrones. I don't know where in the chronology it was, because I was watching it while I was getting my hair braided, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> That's how I watched The Godfather. My my mom had to straighten my hair for fifth grade picture day, and she's like, "Let's watch The Godfather." <laughs> this is fifth grade appropriate, um, but yeah. So I've only seen one um, episode of, uh, I, and also like I was I was fairly into Game of Thrones when it was coming out. I 
Um, got into it really, really intensely right before the last season dropped, and then the last season dropped, and I refused to watch it. So I still have it. Hasn't been sullied for me more so uh, than it was already sort of like giving me the ick in certain places. So but wait, when you, did you, you said you yeah, you said you got so, really yeah. into it before the last season, but also you only saw one episode. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've only seen one episode of House of the Dragon. Okay. I'm obsessed with this thing. I've only seen three minutes of it. Um, I mean, to be fair, that is also how I felt about uh, Matt Smith as Doctor Who. Uh, but I, <laughs> um, but the, I do know the episode that I saw, it was the, the one where Matt Smith's character, I forget his name. Is it Damon? Yes, Damon. Damon? Is it Damon? It's, it's Damon. Damon. So <laughs> we, we love, we love a, a toxic fave named Damon. Yes, he's um, amazing. But I mean, he's terrible, but he's so, amazing. <laughs> the episode that I saw was when folks had caught uh, the main character, whose name again escapes me, um, with Rhaenyra. him in like the yes, Rhaenyra. Um, there was uh, the episode that I saw was um, when they had gone to the 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 sort of like brothel um, environment, and then came back and there was like a small amount of fallout about that like that was just I kind of caught the beginning mid to like end of that and then also I saw a little bit of commentary by one of the uh folks on staff uh about uh like actually who were um one of the folks who were actually like behind the show um and she was talking about like that scene and like contextualizing basically um like Rhaenyra's agency um, and the ways in which uh, that was something that they added, um, that they were trying to not, I mean, realism in, in high fantasy settings is always like, you know, the, yeah. the, what do those words mean? But they were trying to um, give it the, the proper amount of weight and make sure that, um, you know, it wasn't basically just a, a repeat of game of yeah game of yeah there's definitely a <laughs> so consciousness to it in terms of like i said I, like and mm-hmm. i some of the female writers on the team like have definitely been adding more intentionality and consciousness to Rhaenyra's actions 100%. um because like when you see i mean like i said when you see a woman written by a man versus a woman like if you compare the way that they mm-hmm. treat sexual agency and the way that they treat like sexual enjoyment and the way that they treat like they have so many conversations about like childbirth and how it has a physical toll on you and how it's like not you know easy like it can be a prison for women in as much as it is just like a function for men like Rhaenyra has a conversation with her uncle Damon about um how he's like she doesn't want to get married but her father's going to betroth her or somebody and he's like marriage is just a political arrangement it's not a big deal and she's like yeah you have the luxury to think that because you're a man you can do whatever you want like i am just going to be tied to some lord and then be his baby making machine for the rest of my life like that's amy march (laughs) core yeah and so (laughs) and so it has that sort of thing and it's like i compare it i compare that sort of reflection of agency to like how women were written in the original game of thrones where you have characters like sansa implying that getting raped actually made her stronger because that's how victims of sexual violence talk and i'm just like you know what was the thought process here so i like that we're getting getting that mentality like from a woman's mind in terms of like how do we contextualize these things both in universe and as viewers yeah i think something that um something that i've been thinking about wait i just lost my train of thought like in the middle of my sentence i think oh, do we all have adhd 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. every single time yeah. we have a conversation, it goes in a million different directions. So just buckle down now. That's going to be how the show I is. Was, <laughs> I was thinking like 15 minutes back um, when we like circled back from our HBO detour. I was like, the, the perfect description for this episode would be uh, Rin, Weaver, and Parker try very hard to talk about <laughs> of the Dragon. That's going to be every episode. We have a topic, and that is the general framework that we start with. Lord only knows where we're going to end up. <laughs> I I think, so I, I grew up into, I was very into fantasy growing up, but my fantasy outlets were like Narnia and The Lord of the Rings, which have Home a lot in common core. because, homeschool core, yes. Uh, they, have, they have a lot in common because the writers were best bros with each other. Um, and they have, like, you can, there, there's a, there's a level of idealism in them where, like, you, ex- even though Lord of the Rings is, like, much darker and grittier in tone than Narnia, like, you still sort of have the, the idea that, like, the good guys are gonna win. Um, yeah. and it, it's, it, it has a very mythic sort of tone. And I think, I find fantasy more enjoyable when it leans into the mythical tone instead of like trying really hard to be sort of historically accurate for a historical time period that doesn't exist. Like um, I've been watching a lot of uh, Dimension 20 lately and Dimension 20 is like some of my favorite fantasy. Um, And this most recent season is uh, um, A Court of Fae and Flowers. and the DM is Abria Iyengar, who's fucking rad. If y'all aren't familiar with Abria Iyengar, love a black woman from infinity to infinity. Nice. Um, but it is it's it's set in like the D and D Feywilds, and it's imagine just like this this big huge Regency like Bridgerton era garden party that lasts for several weeks, and also everyone is Fey and immortal and has magic. Um, but they, like, really lean hard into the Regency aspect. Like, there's letter writing and, like, telling rumors. Um, I'll compare that to a card game I got recently called Lords and Ladies. And they, like, specify in the instructions for Lords and Ladies that, like, the point of the card game is to, like, marry people and have offspring and, like, hire servants and, like, level up in social rank. And they say, like, you're not allowed to marry a same-sex partner unless the entire table agrees to do same-sex partners. And I get that there's, like, something in the game mechanics where they only want you to be able to have, like, half of the pool. But, like, it seems so arbitrary. And they're like, this is based in his- yeah. in history. So we have to be historical accurate in, in not allowing gay people. Whereas with A Court of Fae and Flowers, they're just like, okay, the entire premise of this world, like, everybody is whatever sexuality. Um, exactly. And it's just, like, that's just there from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, as an adult, you know, I there was the sort of, like, when you become a man, you put away childish things, including the desire not to be seen as childish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when I was really young, I leaned really heavily into the idealistic sort of fantasy. And then when I got older, I'm like, no, I'm a grown-up. I like things gritty and raw. And now I'm like, actually... I think I just want to watch some gay people have a tea party and yeah. wear little flower hats. It's also funny. Um, like, it makes me think of like what you're describing in terms of like characters, you know, historical accuracy be damned, but like more focused on just the characters being what they are. I think about like our flag means death 
and how it's like exactly. you know, roughly in a it's historical like Muppets period. logic, but they're exactly straight up no Muppet shenanigans. It period, exactly. <laughs> it's fan fiction. It's historical RPF. Exactly. <laughs> I feel and like we love it that way. I when when people talk about historical accuracy in fantasy, in terms oh, of yeah. you know violence against women, women's roles in society, you know queerness, they're they're. They really, really, really want to ram home that they want those things. Oh, to be historically accurate. Also, like whether or not black people exist. Yeah. Like, well, well thing, it's not even about black? historical accuracy because they're all, they yeah. only say that in defense of things like violence against women and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and it's like you know, yes. people also you, had consensual sex in ancient times. Yeah. <laughs> You could turn that around and be like, okay, but The Witcher has potatoes in it. Uh, potatoes didn't make it back to the old world until, like, you know, post-Columbus. You know, like, what kind of dyes were you using for your textiles? Like, oh, that region didn't have access to such and such. Like, the price of iron, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there, there's a very limited scope of what they actually care about in terms of historical accuracy, mm -hmm. you know, because, like, in the real Middle Ages, um, you know, if they wanted to represent that, then there'd be a, a a, a lot bigger role of like monasteries mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. also like people in the middle ages had a shit ton of free time you know they'd all like have little archery games on sundays after church hang out on the village green you know like the people who want history to seem like dark and gritty are doing so because it's a conscious choice yeah no 100 percent. one of my favorite things to talk about um uh, that usually comes up, um, especially on my live streams or literally just in the middle of the street or at a Trader Joe's line when anybody brings up Harry Potter near me, um, is that uh, I will like go on very intense, uh, <laughs> just just flames on the side of my face talks about um, my, one of my favorite things in in media, specifically in in fiction and and fantasy and books, is when I can read something and I know that the work itself has outsmarted the author and the author's intent it's like you make something and you're like this is what this is and then the work is like i'm so sorry that i'm actually just like a magnifying glass for all of your bigotry <laughs> um and it's the it's the funniest thing to me and so and and it's and it literally like that's what it is historical accuracy um is only so, like historical accur accuracy when you have a high fantasy in-depth like built world doesn't apply unless you're being historically accurate to those times like if it's based off of our actual times then it's not you know just by nature of it being fantasy you, yeah you have the you you have permission and it's actually encouraged to uh to veer into a different lane um and historical accuracy is only like the trump card that people use when they're like literally again when they're like, ah, well, you know, black people weren't invented until 2003, obviously. Um, so... Also, don't get me started on Harry Potter world building. That's also, have you ever heard of an... Yeah, have you ever heard of an improv game called Don't Get Me Started, where you just yes. have to pick a random topic and then yes. like go on a rant about I love it? That game. Angry no. rant. We should do that for one episode. Yeah, oh my we God. totally or should. Yeah, <laughs> rotate. Don't get me yeah. started. I think, <laughs> yes. I think this is probably a good time to put in our commercial break. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
you know, not like at the moment we don't have any official sponsors, but this is our kind of moment to plug uh, like our stuff. So like I said, I'm Rin. Uh, most people know me as Rinstar um, on TikTok and I'm also on Instagram. Uh, and my fiance and I also have a joint thing called Wordy and Nerdy. So we have a Twitch together and we have a um, uh, YouTube channel together. Uh, so make sure that you follow us on all of those things. Of course, links will be in the description. And where can we find you, Weaver? Um, hi there, I'm Weaver. Most people know me as uh, the Wood Mother. You can find me on TikTok at the underscore Wood Mother, um, and on YouTube without the underscore. Uh, also, I want to take this opportunity to tell y'all about a really cool reading group I am a part of as a co-host. It's called Primordium, um, and the way it's set up is that there's five co-hosts: me. TX Watson, Kenna, aka Human Espresso and or Mouse Abolition. Kenna's so small. I'm like starstruck at Kenna. Kenna's so cool. <laughs> um, Han Kaylee, uh, Madeline. I think that's everybody. I think that's all five of us. Um, and there is a private Discord server. If you subscribe to any one of the five of us on Patreon, you get access to the Discord server. And every Tuesday, uh, the five of us rotate choosing a reading for the week. Um, sometimes it's fiction, sometimes it's, you know, like a scholarly article, sometimes it's a video, uh, and we usually have a, like, read-along that is open to everybody, Patreon, patron, or no, uh, on Madeline's Twitch channel at the Eclectic Library every Tuesday around 6, 6.30, uh, and then after we do the read-aloud that, again, everybody is, is free to, to, to hop into, then we move over to Discord for the Patreon patron group discussion. And we have, um, you know, we, we have this interactive discussion. We talk back and forth about, like, the themes, about, you know, kind of stuff you do in a, in a book club. Uh, it's really cool. And each of the five of us have very, like, different areas of expertise. Like, TX Watson knows a lot about philosophy. And Han Kaylee knows a lot about uh, medical ethics and Kenna is like an expert on film especially from like a black lens um I have done like a lot of research on the Harlem Renaissance so it is a very cool uh book club and I hope that you join us and even if you're not in a position to subscribe to me on Patreon which uh I would recommend because I like being paid for my labor um you can still check us out uh on Twitch on Tuesday at 6 30. Nice. And, and also subscribe to me on YouTube because I've been putting out uh, I'm going to be putting out more YouTube videos. I just posted a YouTube video a couple days ago. Um, I have a story that I've been working on for almost two years called Gate City Blues. And I documented like the whole process on my original TikTok account, The Wood Mother, without an underscore. Um, but then that account got hacked and a lot of those videos became like inaccessible to the public. So I made a compilation of all of my Gate City Blues TikToks and put them in one concise little youtube video so you should definitely check that out and subscribe to me while you're at it all right take it away parker <laughs> Fives. Um, and now the weather <laughs> and now the weather i don't have uh nearly as as much to say but um my uh yeah i mean my name is parker uh you can you know give your venmo my- 
you know, this yeah, is well, the commercial break. So just be like, <laughs> give me money, cash, actually. Cash. Actually, yes. No. Um. So my name is Parker. Uh, most people know me as uh, Humble Tortoise or Witch Hazel. Depends on if you know me from content and writing or music. Um. But yeah, I would say just follow me on TikTok at Humble Tortoise. Follow me on YouTube at Humble Tortoise. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Humble Tortoise. Also follow me on Twitter. I don't have a lot of people on Twitter, which is probably valid because yesterday I tweeted that you know like I, I stepped in like pig guts or whatever. But you know that was that was a fun experience by the way, super interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, me being on a podcast. <laughs> one of anyway, one um, of my <laughs> only tweets was an "Our flag means death." fan edit that I tagged Con O'Neill in and he retweeted it and then I also got a retweet from like the author of this is how you lose the time war and I was like rad and that's like one of the only things I've ever posted on Twitter and I was nice. like all right wow. quit while you're ahead I'm pretty active yes. on Twitter um, as well I forgot to mention that <laughs> vibes oh I should I should follow you guys on Twitter then um, we'll have all our links in the description yeah. yes so yes, that'll make it all. easy for y'all to find us indeed uh closing out uh other things um spotify find me as witch hazel w-i-t-c-h-h-a-z-e-l all one word um and then my patreon where i'm posting exclusive patron content and early content for youtube stuff um is there as well and also um if you are someone who would be interested in perceiving me um one of the tiers on my patreon uh uh, has my uh, it's it's a video introducing my fanfic username in case you want to uh, just <laughs> oh. in case you want to read my fanfiction. Yeah, it's like not behind a paywall. It's on Ao3, but if you want to know specifically that it was me that wrote it, it's it's there. Um, if you would like to to see my steric fanfic that I wrote in 2018. I mean, you <laughs> know that you're gonna get a real picture but... when you like start plucking fanfics. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really just me, like, projecting and, like, perpetuating trauma onto the characters that make me feel the most comfortable. And uh, it's really just a bunch of character analysis and relationship dynamic, like, vibes and stuff like that, which is uh, not as smutty as I would like. But, you know, I'll, I'll work my way up there at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> Great. Now I have very smutty fan fiction, if y'all want to read it. The what? Oh, yeah, you do. I have very smutty fanfiction. I'm not afraid. Oh. I have no shame. I asked my mom to proofread my fanfiction. That's how little shame I have. Wow, that is so far beyond anything that I will ever do right. in this life. But <laughs> <laughs> It was my Venom fanfiction. I'm like, will you check this for typos? And she's like, I have a lot of questions. I'm like, I will not answer them. Just check it for typos. I'm not going to address anything. <laughs> You're so brave. Oh my god, braver than a U.S. Marine. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> anyway, 100%, yeah. So I think our back nine conversation is uh, what was it again? We're each gonna rotate the three of us. We'll take a little like five minute chunk to just info dump about something that you're really into this week. Us limiting it to five minutes is gonna be interesting, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, who wants to go first? You can go first. Mm. <laughs> I was hoping somebody else would follow. I was hoping somebody else would follow. No, I'm like, you don't want to. Well, okay, I'll go over it. All right, so five minutes info dump, just about anything? Yeah. Okay. Anything nerdy. 
All right, so I guess I'll just info dump about um, more Game of Thrones stuff because, you know, I'm, I'm in a very Game of Thrones mood lately. And not only have I been watching House of the Dragon, but I've also been reading the Game of Thrones books. Just finished the first one and working my way through the second one. Uh, I'm listening to them on Audible. These books are a minimum of 25 hours long. And the one I'm currently reading is like 35 hours long. So these shits take me like a month to get through. But um, like they are fucking monstrous books. Uh, but they're very interesting and they're very like uh, engaging. And the the way that George R. R. Martin tells stories is he tells like everything from a point of view character. And so, um, each chapter starts with the character's name and then you get to, you know, so you know you're looking at things from their perspective. Sometimes the stuff that's happening to a character is simultaneously happening to another character and you'll get, so the same event, but you'll see it from this person's perspective and then from this person's perspective. Um, he weaves in a lot of really interesting character moments and stuff like that. Um, and I'm also very interested in like the lore. I've done a lot of reading about like the lore for House of Dragon. Um, I've been doing Sims playthroughs on Twitch uh, always be plugging twitch.tv slash ordinary uh, where i have been like playing as certain characters from the show um so i have like what my new crest village i started a new save where the entire village is populated with game of thrones families so there's like house stark and Incredible. there's house targaryen and there's and then i also have a sept of Baylor. and because of me i'm currently in the, in, so the per- in the process of syncretizing my families so um i have like six generations back of targaryen it's like i went and studied the the timeline like the uh family tree so that i could make the sims relationships correct so like literally like i'm currently have a daemon but like it shows his grandparent and his great-grandparent starts with like jaharis and it's and i'm eventually going to connect it to daenerys because i have daenerys right now and viserys they're running around but i have i have uh neglected to connect it uh connect the two families but eventually i'm going to fill in all the blanks of the family tree so like the whole targaryen family tree lineage you is are there. committed <laughs> holy shit we should do a whole episode one day just devoted to like not sims. just the sims in general but specifically like using the sims to explore other like nerd interests oh yeah like okay y'all know i was okay. really into white collar i mean i still am into white collar but like i was binging it for a couple weeks and then i built like i built neil caffrey's apartment in sims 4 you know i i really like the way that sims allows you to sort of just get inside of the world you know like that's just like how i i watch stuff for the costumes now i start watching things for the architecture and i'll be watching something and i'm like oh that is cool i want to recreate that in the sims i like that wall color i want to build a little miniature version of it that i can run around it I I do the same thing with Sims. I'm like upset. I was playing Sims like before we got on, same. on call. Uh, I almost I, forgot and my phone reminded me. I was literally playing Sims and my phone's like <laughs> podcast time and I'm like, oop. <laughs> I just like, for me, the reason, the main reason why I do Sims is because I'm currently working on a, uh, a script, uh, a pilot for like this really, really cool, uh, like fantasy detective noir but not really like sarcastic little non-binary bullshit uh um uh, show that i'm working on um and basically uh it's i the reason why i usually play sims um is because it helps me to have a visual uh like 3d it's super super detailed model of one like what the spaces look like and what the characters look like and what their aesthetics are and stuff like that um and sometimes i'll be writing and i'll switch over to sims so i can mess around with like my ocs and then something will happen in sims and i'm like i'm gonna write that down um and that's a vibe uh 
but also ultimately the main main reason why I've gotten into Sims historically is because I had so many ships in in my head in 2013, 2014, 15 Tumblr and none of them were canon. So <laughs> I just make all of my OTPs and I put them in little houses together and now it's like boom like uh you know Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes are married now and they have nice. a little house in Newcrest and it's a cute little vibe. Aww. Um but you yeah, can also canonically actually... make non-binary characters in the Sims now. They yes, introduced and you can a mess pronoun with their sexuality. Okay, as let me well. complain about that real quick. Okay. <laughs> I, I like oh, I like what they've done so, so far. Happens, yeah, I like what they've done so far, but it is not enough. Uh, because if, if you, if, if I create myself in The Sims um, and spend, like, hours getting, like, the facial features just right, I can give my character they, them pronouns, but I can't get rid of the boobs. And there is no option for a sort of, like, androgynous body type. There's either female body frame, male body frame. What if I want a mustache or beard? The only ways to have a mustache or beard is to switch to a male body type. And then that changes your whole facial structure, makes your neck bulky. Like it, (laughs) I want to be able to just like, I I don't want any of the features to be tied to one specific gender. I want to be able to put a mustache and beard on a female bodied sim if I feel like it or get rid of the boobs completely. Um, Uh, That's my rant. I yeah, like the body say, hair update though. One of my biggest woes is actually that like regardless of like what the base body type is, there's no way to add or remove like certain body parts, specifically again with like chest and stuff. That kind of, you know, makes me kind of sad. Uh very sad. Um I did find um if you there's I think it's like there's the base body type and then I think it's like appearance or something like right under it at the bottom of like the gender sexual sex customization. Um, if you mess around with that, sometimes you can get better results where if you have a character that's like AFAB, they still look AFAB while still having like characteristics that are like it's a, it's like mm-hmm. I, I found small ways around it. But you I gotta do a lot of tweaking boobs and also have mustaches. And there's also some CC of different body types. So you could probably find a more androgynous body type and download some CC. Uh, but yeah, the base game should have that. I'm modding top surgery scars on top. All of my sins. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm sure there them. are top surgery, like, mods. Like, it's like, because uh, I've made so many mod adjustments. I have so many extra body types. I have, an ex- like, a more obese body type. Because the fattest that Sims get isn't, like, that fat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the pronouns option. But the the, 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 the body type yeah. stuff so still weird. needs also, to be like, severely tweaked. Breeding the Sims always makes, like, the neck really long and the chin really short. Have y'all noticed that? It's oh, just yeah. like a weird, like you the know? chin will be up here, and then like the 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 hips are like so weirdly narrow. Like the body proportions are so wonky. And you know what else I'd love to yeah. see is height modification. Like I downloaded oh, mods for that, but like why is yes. it like not everybody isn't the exact same height as an adult? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yes. Didn't they used to have height modification in like Sims Two or some shit? And it's like. Maybe I was just like modding back then, but I, my yeah, I don't think that they. I think they've always pretty much had standard <laughs> body sizes for each age age range. Uh, but I think that there needs to be more variation. Like like I said, you can download mods and stuff, but like it's like at the the base game, it's like every toddler is the same size, every child is the same size, every adult is the same size. <laughs> yeah, 
To be fair, my, in terms of, I'm I guess, like, like five seven, mm-hmm. and my husband is six foot four, and we're the same height in The Sims, which is the only time that will ever happen. <laughs> Rin, how how tall are you? I am five foot six. Okay. A lot of people, for I'm some reason, think I'm taller when they see me on like uh, TikTok or whatever. Like, I don't know if it's the angle I'm filming from, but I have so many people like, "Oh my god, how tall are you?" And I'm like, "I mean, five six. I'm very average." <laughs> How are you, Parker? You don't want to say? Is that a sore spot? <laughs> state ID says... <laughs> it's not... Okay, so it wasn't a sore spot until a few years ago. My um, One of my partners, uh, we were hanging out. We were having a very, like, Studio Ghibli, like, B-footage kind of Sunday. It was wonderful. We were, like, reading. There was tea. It was nice and summery outside. The sun was shining through. We were both reading on our individual tablets. And then out of nowhere, they just go, they just turn to me and she goes, ha, you're short. And then bonks me in my forehead with the tablet and then goes back to reading. Wow, (laughs) that was. the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hate crimes. (laughs) Right? Like literally, um, she calls me vertically challenged, um, which is. (laughs) You're fun size. (laughs) No. Literally, um, but yeah, no, I, my, my state ID says that I'm, uh, my ID says that I'm 5'3". That is not my height. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> Stop laughing at me, Weaver, it's so... Well, now I'm you all... keep laughing at me, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> my, my husband acts like I'm so tiny, and I'm like, I'm actually above average height, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, well, you're about <laughs> the same height as me, not much. Yeah. <laughs> my, my boyfriend is, um, 5'10", so, like, not super tall, he's less than six feet. But he is taller than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like by no means petite. Um, also, like we're we're almost out of time. Yes. Do you want to <laughs> uh, you want to info dump real quick, Parker? I feel like I already did my info dump on a, a court of fay and flowers earlier. You also talked about Sims. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I yeah I was gonna say I feel like the Sims kind of took the info dump yeah. ADHD okay. brain for all three of us. Yeah. But, I, like I mean, um, that's fair. I, I've also been, like, I geek out pretty often about, like, I, I, I get really, okay, I, I get really, really enthusiastic about, like, all of the logistics that goes into, like, just fandom and fandom culture, yes, and, like, fanfiction, yes, but, like, as it's just, it's, as a writer, it's great when I have to do these, uh, like, background research for my OCs and my original stories, but also when I'm writing fanfiction, because there's also uh, a hyper-focus behind it, it's, like, I, I, I know so much about, like, pre-World War II, like, gay Brooklyn now um, than I would have uh, a bit ago. I just, I really like the amount of, like, historical research that goes into just creating fanfic when you want to be, like, as true to it and as true to the time period, especially if it's, like, within the last, like, hundred years or so as possible. Like, I, I'm recently, I recently started writing a Stranger Things fan fiction. And side note, I wasn't that into Stranger Things. I, I mean, I was, but, like, I always felt like there was something missing until season four, and then they killed off the thing that was missing, so whatever. Um, but, uh, there's a Hellfire t-shirt in my, in my, my drawer. We're not going to talk about it. But, uh, the, um, I, so I've just been doing a lot of, like, I've research on, two like, episodes of Stranger 80s Things. Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> that's valid that's valid that's com- i'd like to completely i'd like to start it back like my, my fiance's trying to get me into it. i'm just like I, you know. 80 percent of the characters are autistic and that's cool yeah. but there's also a lot about the show that i'm like eh. my, my whole thing is yeah. my brain gets locked into like a certain 
zone and I cannot make it go to another. Like right now I'm in Game of Thrones. I cannot make yeah, my brain go to a different I get place that. right now. <laughs> I get that. For me, That's it's like, okay. it's the opposite. My brain wants to go everywhere and I have to stop myself from what, like, I need to watch A League of Their Own. I need to like rewatch The Iron Giant, but like, I'm like in my little like Stranger Things, like steady hyper focus and I need to like stay there because I want to let I'm just enjoying the fact that my TikTok FYP is just com- consistently like fan art again about like one specific thing and like my Tumblr is like also like pretty consistently like blowing up with this one specific thing and I'm like I'm gonna hyper focus on this other thing later because I know as soon as I as soon as I watch this new piece of media there's like I'm not going to want to do anything else and I'm very much enjoying like the little the little like burrito blanket of of stranger things vibes but yeah i mean Ah. my uh my partner's also not into it um i'm going to be holding them at at, uh you know metaphorical like knife point and making them like have a slumber party with me so we can binge it just i mean i was already into like D &D and like uh dark horror and like 80s culture and stuff like that so (gasps) it was just a vibe are you okay i I think um i just i just i don't our dryer doesn't work, so we have to hang our clothes up uh, outside. And I just remembered that I forgot all of the bed sheets. Uh, uh, they're <laughs> draped over the fence, and it's dark now. Oh, nice. So, well, yeah, I, <laughs> uh, I think we are, as you said, one at a time. This is like, like this is we literally started this at six thirty, and like it took us half an hour to even get to this point. So, <laughs> um, so if are we ready to wrap it up? Or is anybody having a Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time for an outro. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for watching this in, or listening to this inaugural episode of <laughs> Close Encounters with the Blurred Kind. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. May, as, sh- as we said earlier, you can find us at Renstar, the underscore Woodmother, and Sloth. What was it? The, at humble tortoise tell, well, okay well, i don't know where that came from humble tortoise <laughs> there's, there's a it's humble dot tortoise right humble dot tortoise is only on my instagram because humble tortoise is taken which is rude to me and also um any creature with a shell who's a land animal disrespectful um stay humble but it's <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but anyway, we'll put all of those links in the description so you can easily find us, and we will see you next time. <laughs>